0: Welcome to the Wisdom for Wealth Podcast with myself, Lelo Mashatile. I hope that you guys are doing well. You know, one of my problems with our education system is that it often feels like all of our lives we're being prepared to one day grow up and make a living, but very little is done to educate people on how to manage finances. I mean, if you're going to prepare people for their careers, they need to be equipped to handle the compensation they will receive. So that said, I think we should all realize that formal education is only one part of education. We actually need to engage in self-education, especially when it comes to finances. So today I have a special guest. She is a qualified chartered accountant by profession, a side hustle queen, a mother, a wife, a YouTuber and content creator, a millionaire, by the age of 30, like, y'all, can we just, can we just pause and just think about <laughs> that for a second? A millionaire at the age of 30. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome to the podcast, Sniggy Wing Noble, otherwise known as Mom and All. Welcome, Sniggy
1: uh, thank you, Lelo. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be part of this podcast.
0: Thank you so much for gracing me, you know, and just accepting my invitation. Um, thank you. you know, I find I find money to be quite an interesting topic because people often act like you know they walk on eggshells around it. So when I when I receive someone who's willing to have a conversation with me, it's it's highly appreciated. But how are you? How's it going?
1: I'm doing well at the moment. I'm at a good place. <laughs> I'm at a good That's space. Emotionally, work-wise, I'm really at a good state. So I'm doing well. I would rate myself a 10 right now. I'm a
0: 10. Come on. Come yes. on. <laughs> That's great. Without wanting to delay the conversation any further, I am very curious. <laughs> I'm very, very curious. <laughs> when you got into your first job, were you mm-hmm. financially literate? Like, were you financially equipped to handle your first paycheck?
1: I would say yes and no. (laughs) So, yes, in the sense that I'm in the chartered accountancy profession. So, yes, in the sense of I know what's a budget. I know how to do an income statement, profit and loss. I know that, but not so equipped in the sense of I didn't know what exactly I was, I remember asking people, how much am I supposed to have the day before payday? Is a thousand rand too much to still have? Or am I only supposed to have 100 rands? And what happens if there's just more left over? What do I do with it? Does it accumulate? Or am I not supposed to have that much over? So I did feel that I was ill-prepared and very few people were willing to have the conversation of how much is too much? How much is this? But mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for my parents because they were quite helpful in the sense of, okay, we helping you with your, with your deposits and your first month's rent. But now you're going to have to see yourself going forward in terms of furniture, mm-hmm. for your new apartment, all of those things. So for me, I was, Equipped in the sense of I knew, okay, uh, I need to make sure that I at least am in a positive position, but not in the sense of what then do I strive to be in the positive or do I just make sure I don't get too negative by the day, by, by payday. So I wasn't as equipped as I would have liked to be, but I've tried to gain the skills over the years.
0: Mm, mm, I like that. I like that so much. And and I appreciate your, your transparency. Yeah, like, I think it's interesting that you say that most people weren't quite forthcoming in terms of having that conversation. But I think the greatest blessing is having parents that are willing to have that conversation. I think sometimes it's even difficult for parents to have that conversation with their kids.
1: It really is sometimes difficult because I think for me, I was fortunate in the sense that I knew my parents were literate, they were working, so they, they've they been managing our household, they kind of were middle class, so they could kind of say, okay, how much are you earning? And I made the mistake of sharing, but at the time it was <laughs> necessary. <laughs> Mm -hmm. because also Mm -hmm. sharing kind of builds that expectation as well because they're like oh wow you're earning so much already at your age and you don't even have kids and responsibilities then they start planning for you (laughs) but I won't (laughs) go into that but I will say that for me I guess I was blessed because my parents were middle class working class they kind of knew but I can imagine how difficult it must be for someone else who's maybe being raised by their grandmother who doesn't have perhaps a clue of handling anything more than just maybe their pension, old age pension grants. So for Mm -hmm. me, I do think that I was privileged in that sense.
0: Yeah, look, I think that's, and that's something that you can always pass on to your kids. Like, I think that's, that's such a big blessing. And I think with our generation, we are at a place where we get to set the standard going forward. I think you're blessed because you also had your parents to do that for you. But yes. you know, and it I'm,
1: definitely begins at home because that's where you also learn a lot of your financial behaviors, whether negative or positive. Because if you know you've got parents, you've got store accounts, and you're just used to going to store accounts and buying on credits, then it's easy for you to just continue with that behavior because it's normal. So our families really do sometimes shape what we become and what we do with our finances.
0: I agree. I, I completely agree because our education system doesn't say a lot in terms of personal finance and how to manage your salary. Once you get in to Mm. the workforce, I think whether it is explicitly taught or not, everybody is getting a level of education about money and they're either seeing it or it was explicitly told to them. Yeah. And I think in my experience, I, I don't remember anybody sitting down saying to me, Hey, do this or don't do that. So it almost felt like a first generation builder who just had to sort of figure things out, which was sometimes a bit difficult. And I think sometimes that's why people fall into the traps and and the mistakes like myself, but, you know, I just want to go back a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You were a millionaire by age 30. Is age 30 correct? I think it was before 30.
1: No, it was by age 30. Oh, well, that's when I did the assessments because that was the goal.
0: (laughs) Ah, yes. Yeah. Firstly that is super impressive. <laughs> and I, I and I think I want to know firstly does that include retirement savings I, like I'm curious to know how, what kind of assessment that is that you've done and then what did it actually take for you to become a millionaire by 30? That is gold. Okay.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um so because I'm, I sometimes I think in dollars cuz I consume a lot of personal finance in dollars as well then I'm like oh my gosh I am no way near being a high net worth individual, being above the million dollar mark. But so for me, but we'll work with rands and appreciate them for now. So for me, it was excluding retirement savings, which isn't as accurate as it could be, because it makes sense that if you're doing the assessment, you need to take all of your assets and deduct all of your liabilities, the balances. And then what you get is basically your net worth or your net equity. So that is how I did the calculations. I took all of my investments, all of my savings, all of my, not necessarily. I tried to not calculate possessions like random (laughs) furniture and shoes because I didn't even have of that much value, but I looked into mainly like my financial assets or really larger assets, then I would deduct the liabilities that I had. Then I was able to come to the answer, but in my case, I did exclude retirement savings. In hindsight, I should have added it, (laughs) but it's okay. (laughs) I understand, I (laughs) understand. Yeah, but it's okay. Because I just wanted to kind of get a true value in terms of if something that could be liquid now, if I wanted to liquidate my estate now, how much would I get? So that was for me Mm -hmm. to kind of say, hey, okay, would I be able to raise a million? Just today if I was to sell everything. Obviously with retirement funds, it's not as easy to... To yes. make it liquid, because you'd have to say now resign from your job and claim it and withdraw the full amount, but there's still tax consequences. So I don't want to account for that. Correct. But the correct way of doing it is to account for all your assets, long and short
0: term. I think that's impressive, and 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 <laughs> the fact that you excluded retirement savings for me is like whoa, <laughs> okay. Because, yeah, well, you know, when I think about it, we actually aren't supposed to be even banking on retirement money. Like it's money that doesn't exist in our world right now. Like when I plan my finances, it's like it doesn't exist, you know. But I think that's impressive because I think what that says to me is that you were behaving in such a way that is quite the anomaly. So... That's what I want to know. I want to know what did it actually take for you to become a millionaire by thirty? Like, what 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 did you do?
1: <laughs> so for me, it was a matter of I would someone, some people would call it sacrifice. But I'd rather call it prioritizing. So if I know that what are my values, what are my priorities, what is important to me, so knowing that I've got this big goal that I want to reach. So it means that I can forego certain things just so that I can reach my goal. So if someone posts... Um, a fancy bag or something enticing I can be like okay would be nice but I'd rather buy something else maybe a share shares in that bag company so that I can increase my worth rather than buy something that the value is decreasing so someone else will say oh you are sacrificing but for me it's prioritizing this is what was more important at the time so that's why then I would say that's what it took and it also so quite a lot of Discipline, I would say, because um, it's easy when you have this big goal to just forget about it because you're just like, ah, man, <sighs> By the time I'm 30, I'll, maybe I'll be earning more than I'll be able to save in the final year. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. So for me, it had to be slow and steady and to really have the discipline to just carry on. But the nice thing is that when you see your, your investments grow and your savings accumulate wherever you've got them, even if it's by 100 rand in one particular month, but when you look by December and it's now 1,200, mm-hmm. it really gives you that motivation. So I was reviewing my portfolios quite often, some on a daily basis, even though I knew I wasn't going to sell any of my financial assets, whether they were doing well or bad. But for me, it was just exciting to see what is the value at that particular day. So that's what it took. And it also took a lot of burying my head in the ground. And that's with regards to things that were enticing to me because it's easy to say, I was just prioritizing and and not sacrificing, (laughs) but some things were a a bit of a sacrifice because it's not like I would not have liked a better car as maybe earlier on in my life or like a better any and everything, because you'll find that especially if you are a a, a young professional in South Africa, because we've got such a high unemployment rates and you become moot because, like, if you look at the stats of SA, more, like, less than a third of the people actually finance the rest of the people who are unemployed in terms of taxes. So if SARS is coming for your money, best believe all the other companies are also coming for money. Everyone's granting you credits. So it's yeah. easy for you to fund your lifestyle. So you can easily end up maybe subscribing to dates that are maybe a company might say it's affordable for you but it's actually not affordable when you look at your actual circumstances as much as they would say oh it's 30% of your income you can afford it but what if mm. what else have you committed your income to so for me it was a lot of okay let me forego certain things I'm seeing my peers doing certain things that I would like to do like for one thing that I could say was a sacrifice would be travel travel is something that I have not done <laughs> as yet so so for yeah. me whereas some of my peers oh we're going to Europe or I'm going to America and that's a fun experience but for me it was a that's not a priority for now I will go mm-hmm. later on so it was a bit of a sacrifice though because it was something that's also just a little bit enticing but if I know that it's something that I'm still gonna do in my lifetime then i um, I can be okay. And I think one other thing that really did help me is that I had my children early. So I got married at 23 mm-hmm. and started my family. And so for me, it's been, uh, oh my word, i must as adult up. I didn't have that state <laughs> yeah. of, I'm in my 20s, I'm doing me. Buying designer clothes. I'm living my best life. No, for me, it was, a, you're an adult. You have a family. Yes. You have a responsibility. I'm thinking, oh, my word. When I, school. All these things already. So that already completely changed my mindset. And so I do not mind being different. Because I knew my other friends are not married yet. They don't have children yet. So they can afford to be a bit more lavish than me. And that for me was okay. So I would say it really took, um, kind of prioritizing and a bit of sacrifice as well and just burying my head in the ground for the things that I knew that I still wanted but couldn't necessarily afford according to me as much as maybe society and other people would think surely you can afford it but for me I would say uh-uh, I can't afford.
0: Wow wow I, I absolutely love that I think you've dropped some gems you know I think I think it's, it's a very interesting mindset that you have. And I think it's a great mindset to have similar to me. I had my child at 23, so I've I've been a parent for as long as I've been working. (laughs) So it's kind (laughs) of (laughs) like, yeah, like fam, there's no time to be like, you are just chilling out. It's like, no, get your stuff together. Um, you know, that's not to say one doesn't make mistakes because I think that also has its own things, but I, I, I really can resonate with that. But, where do you get that from? Like, did you grow up like that? Is this something that your parents d- deposited into you? That kind I would of discipline? say yes.
1: Yes. Okay. So my mom really deposited it in me. So she would always speak about Ooh, 32 days wow me <laughs> so that was the only mode, like that was the first thing I did when I started I think I was still a student even like started saving I was like oh I must open a 32 day notice account I knew nothing of I just knew okay you, owe, you have to request within 32 days but whether the returns were good whether it met anything with regards to my risk profile or my cash flow needs I did not care because that's what my mother had <laughs> so for me yeah, I felt like yeah. that's what I must have as well. So definitely I would say from my mom, I had that. I just admired how well she handled the family because somehow, we always survived. We made do. obviously like with my dad, because we were in the same household. And for me, there was one thing that my mom did as well, which made me feel like, oh my word, this is possible. I can do it myself. And it was, she purchased an investment property for cash. And I was just like, what? Mom, are you for real? She's like, yeah. And I was just like, oh my word, it is possible. And especially because I'm like the more we grew, the more we trusted each other with our relationship and I was helping her with her taxes because like, I'm (laughs) I'm the daughter who's now a a CA and who can do that (laughs) for her. So for me, I've had that transparent relationship. I could see it's not that you have to get so much to achieve so much. It's just the wisdom and actually just knowing that wealth accumulates over time. So I really did come from my mom a lot of it because also her financial education was limited, what she does know she really tried to implement so for me that did shape a lot of it and also i was I've, I've grown to be quite inquisitive, so I would make sure that I learn as much as I can i'll be on YouTube mm-hmm. listening to podcasts um just mm-hmm. research because I really found the topic quite interesting and also when you when you when you see your family members, you see the ones who have not done so well and you see the behaviors and the ones who have, or who are thriving and you see that behaviors, I have a very analytical mind. <laughs> so I would always yeah. be going, okay, so this one, does this, and this is the result. That's that, that's the result. Therefore I must not do that so that I can yeah. get that desired, um, so that I cannot get that undesired result. And this one does this, and that's the result i have gotten. And then we also adopt that. So for me, it's just also been learning from people, from situations. The good or the bad, there's always something that you can learn from someone, whether it's how not to do something or how to do something. So for me, mm-hmm. it's really been about learning as much as I can.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love the fact that it came from home because it says a lot about the responsibility we have, right? Like as parents to just model the kind of behavior that our children can look at and say, Oh, I'm going to do that because my mom or my dad did that. I I think that's quite admirable, but I'm also curious to know from you, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, you would see somebody holding an ice bag on social media, for instance, and, you know, instead of, you know, wanting that bag, it's like, "Okay, well, let me just go buy a share in that bag company, which, which I love that, concept because i actually found a similar concept in another book i read on finances but in times where things got a bit difficult like you know if they did get difficult of course what was the thing that encouraged you to stay on your journey i mean we live in a time where soft life is the thing right like you scroll on Mm -hmm. social media everybody wants to live soft but in in reality i think i think a lot of it some of it is fake some of it is (laughs) real i guess what yeah. kept you going mentally in those moments? Okay.
1: So for me, I would say my husband <laughs> kept me grounded. He Good. keeps me grounded because we want the same things out of life, right? So in the long term, we also we want to build wealth and all these things. But he's not on social media as much as I am. He's not on Instagram. At some point, <laughs> I always lie and say, oh, I knew he was the one when I was talking about Instagram and he was like, what's that? <laughs> Back in the day, I was like, okay, this is the one I miss Mary because <laughs> he's not being sucked <laughs> into all of this. So he keeps mm-hmm. me grounded quite a lot because sometimes when because it, it creeps in I don't want to lie that's why they call it influences or influence because you don't mm-hmm. see it coming you just see yourself wanting and then you'll, you'll say oh since when do you now like such and such and mm-hmm. I will really try to examine where does this come from and you'll remember a post by someone and then you're like ah man this is actually not really me it's just because I'm seeing now because I've seen it I maybe want it and another thing is also my faith I'm a huge believer in God. So for me, when I read the word and I I, I meditate on it and it says you mustn't covet, do not want yes. what your neighbors have. So for me, I'm always like, I okay, I must focus on my own home. Even it says, So don't want what your neighbor has. So I'm saying, yes, Okay, exactly. let me focus on me, let me do me. And that has really kept me grounded. And I think another thing is that. I, I also managed to make friends along the journey. So it wasn't just like from my home, from my family because obviously my parents, yeah. not obviously <laughs> I'm from KZN but I'm currently in Johannesburg. So my parents uh, were in, jo- in KZN so I didn't have the daily influence to now be like I'm just listening and thinking about my mother. No I made sure that even in the environment that I'm in I find and associate myself with like-minded people so even at work or in my friendships I would find people who are interested in the financial goals or the, the financial wellness journey and then I would cling on to them and then would feed off of each other off of each other's information because yes. there's one of my friends who's now was just my colleague, but she's going to be a really good friend of mine, and it was just, hey, I read this book. Oh, I've also – I haven't read that book. Oh, I'll read it. She'll even call me and say, hey, this company just paid dividends of this much. Yo, if only I had shares in it. Then we make a mental note. Here's a, a, a high-dividend-paying company. Maybe we should buy some shares. We'll catch it next year when they pay dividends again. And then we also mm-hmm. do a little bit of more research. So for me, having those conversations, because – a lot of people just want to discuss other things that maybe aren't as interesting to me or don't spark my interest, let me say that. So for yes. me, it was that if I found someone who's walking the same path as me, then cling on to that person and just learn as much and also be of service, offer the knowledge that I have as well, which is why on my platforms, I would then also share my journey. You see this is what I've been through, this is what I've seen, this is what's interesting to me then that's basically what has kept me grounded and
0: keen on this financial wellness journey. That's great. Um, and I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I would say it like this, that association breeds assimilation. Like you become like who you walk with. And yes. <laughs> I know I, I went through a phase where I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at this now is that I, I follow people on social media a lot. Like mm. I'm so particular about who I follow. I mean, now that Instagram is the way that it is, you know, you'll get an advert. So now I'm even stingy about what I choose to like because I don't want the algorithm to keep recommending mm. stuff to me that I don't want. So I unfollow people, I block people's statuses because I know my triggers. Yeah. You know, I know that, okay, cool. I love cars, I love nice things, but it's almost like, <laughs> okay, no, we yes. are not buying a new car, we are not doing that right now we are saving we are investing we are you know and I have to be careful from a social media perspective just to cover my mind in a way you know
1: I like how you've mentioned that you know your triggers because I always think people think no instagram is what's wrong or the people who are posting no you need to know your triggers you need to pick and follow what will build you up and kind of What's the word? I'm looking for the correct word, but it's what will feed into your greatness and what will mm-hmm. diminish will your edify life. you. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Things that will edify you. So if you focus on what will edify you, then you'll be great. But if you see the triggers, then switch them off. But those mm-hmm. very same triggers to you might be inspiration to someone else or they might be what edifies them. So I'm very glad that you mentioned that it's important to know your triggers so that you know that that's what's the trigger but it's not necessarily that the system itself is corrupt or yeah. true
0: true yeah yes. look you can't blame the thing right technology technology yeah. is agnostic it's like saying money is evil it's like no money is not evil you're it just reveals what's in your heart so if you were That's stingy true. you'd be stingy with money <laughs> if you were greedy you would be i mean people people can be greedy and poor at the same time
1: mm, definitely it's,
0: it's so it's kind of like there's some things that will just expose certain things in you. But you know what, sneaky there? I mean, I, I I you know I follow your YouTube, but there's something that I find interesting, and I think you've mentioned this in one of your YouTube channels, about how people have this notion that, you know, no, don't don't work for other people, start your own business and you'll make lots of money. And you know, there's this this entire notion about looking down on a nine to five. And you'll correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong here. If you're a millionaire by 30, I also assume that the majority of the wealth that you've accumulated came from your main job. Definitely. Now, and and I, think, I think that's something worth pausing and thinking about, right, to say it's, it, we shouldn't be looking down on the 9-to-5. I think what really matters is how you use the salary that you get from your 9-to-5. So I think my question to you is what are some of the things that people can do to leverage a salary? you know, in order to build wealth.
1: Okay. So one of the things to leverage is to just appreciate the stability. Obviously, in our economy, it's not as stable as... We, as we'd like it to be. But if you've got a guaranteed income, it's already a stepping stone that, some people that are, a, a huge number of people in South Africa don't have. So leverage off of that, okay, and then see how can I use this to capitalize whatever else that I do want to push if you do have a passion project or something else that you'd like to focus on. And to also just appreciate that um, people like to mention compound interest that you get interest on interest on interest and it just compounds. So don't discount the time because it takes time to build wealth. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. But you do wake up one day and you've reached your goal. So for me, it would be for if you are in a nine to five, it's so important to appreciate the stability of it and actually Mm -hmm. see it as something that can help you raise capital for whatever big venture that you do want to go into rather than seeing it as a stumbling block or as something that stops you from reaching your goals. Because a lot of people will sometimes see it that way. Oh, I can't do anything because I've got a job. You've got a job. So maybe you can save up a little bit and buy that camera or that phone and start doing your YouTube videos. Because if I do not have the 925 that I have, I probably wouldn't have the resources that I do have to actually pay my monthly Wi-Fi to actually sure. do a lot of things that I do. And then as then the business grows, because it's also important that we treat our so-called side hustles as proper businesses, then as your business grows, then you can fund it. Then you know, uh-uh, I use a majority of this Wi-Fi, not only for work, but a majority of it is for me to upload my videos, to edit my videos, to save my edits onto the cloud. All of that, therefore, a portion of it needs to be paid by my company. And, and then that will be deductible for tax purposes as well. So it's important to just look at your business and like formalize it and, be sh- and yeah. know that your nine to five enables you to do that, that someone else, starting from scratch who has nothing but has the same passion as you might not be able to do it because they don't have the capital but you do because of that 9 to 5 so if someone's passionate about something I'd really say consider looking at your 9 to 5 as a blessing as the funder that everyone else is looking for because you're always looking for I just need someone to invest in me you can Mm. be that person (laughs) if you have a 9 to 5 you can be that person who invests into your own hustle and I can even like attest to this i i was a an android girl i was just like yo mina i don't like expensive things i don't get why people are going for iphones and i'm not advocating for iphones so but at some point i saw that my i couldn't do as many youtube videos because my camera was also it was it didn't have like wi-fi so i couldn't transfer all my files after taking videos so it was a lot for me trying to find hard drives things getting corrupt then i was like you know what let me invest in this iphone i'll just buy it and it'll just make the whole process easier then i could i can film with my phone i film most of my videos using my cell phone i edit on my cell phone at night somewhere if i'm stuck somewhere chilling waiting for my family to do or finish something i can quickly go on to edit even if it's a few minutes and then I know that I've worked on something. And then by the next morning or two two nights later, I can have a completed video, which is something I couldn't previously do because I had to be sitting on a computer because my phone that I had didn't have those capabilities. So it's very important to just think, how can this nine to five fund me and actually
0: be the investor that I'm looking for, for my business. I agree. I completely agree with you. <laughs> I think I think we're similar in so many ways. It's funny to me because that that is the only thing that is convincing, like that has been convincing to me to buy an iPhone. I was like, yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> if you want to make videos and you know you want to have great content, and my son has now started a YouTube channel, I was like, okay, hey, cool. Then maybe now I, I couldn't fathom buying a phone for thirty thousand yeah. rand. I was like, hey, guys, guys, <laughs> <laughs> great. It,
1: Yeah. It ends up being a lot. Yeah, definitely. And then you, you also now need to know, okay, I've now got this. And now if the new latest one comes out, I don't need it because the core of why I needed this one was one, two, three, four, five. And it still does one, two, three, four, five. Therefore I don't need the latest one when it comes out. So for me, that's just been that, okay, it still serves my purpose, durable, then for me, it's been fine. But a lot of people also managed with Android in their own different ways. So that was that's also something that's fine. But for me, I think mm-hmm. it's really important to kind of consider your options and really also check if you're making a return on your investment because you don't want to be yes. spending so much and then you're not making that return. So you also need to make sure that you push. You don't end up succumbing to, ooh, now you've got this fancy food. Now you just used to scroll and
0: no longer mm. are producing or using your side it, hustle is not paying for it like for me exactly. it's like that's a requirement it's like whatever i'm doing needs to pay for this thing i'm I'm not like it needs mm. to pay for itself <laughs> like it, 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 it needs to sort itself out but i love that i love that so much but I know that you are the side hustle queen. I heard you say this on your YouTube, and I laughed. You know, yeah. i, I was like, why did you decide to create multiple streams of income? You know, and you know how do you manage to balance everything? Because at some point, I used to have a baking side hustle, and man, I think I think it was the the time and the pressure that was crushing me. I was like, okay, let me just focus on one thing for now. And that's not to say that people should stop, but I know that balance can be an issue. I mean, you're a wife, you're a mom, an entire professional. How did you balance and why did you go that route as well?
1: It it definitely is a balancing act. And I don't think I've got it quite right. <laughs> um, so for me, one of the principles that I always have is prior, prioritizing. Always have your rubber balls and your glass balls. Rubber balls you can drop. And then they'll yeah. bounce back. You'll catch them. Life continues. But your glass balls, if you drop it, it's over it's shattered and you can't pick it up again so for me and those will morph into into some things in life will morph some days my kids are glass balls maybe someone is sick or someone is just in a sad state and they need my attention. So if I was planning to get out a video, I will not sit on my phone and edit a video. I will spend that time with my child, make sure that they are okay, finish their bedtime routine, everything, because they are my special glass bowl. I can't have them thinking there was a day where I was sick and mommy was looking at her screen. So for me yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to live with that so but there are times where I just know that they just want my attention but I've got a, maybe a, a deadline for work that I can't afford to have them in my room and then I'll lock the because I'm working from home then I'll lock my door and someone will maybe be screaming but it will last for like less than five minutes then they'll go and they'll be jumping on the trampoline as if nothing had happened yes. because they didn't necessarily need my attention it was just that oh they, they were just being a kid so, so the same thing can morph into a rubber ball the very next day but it's important for me to always take that step back and look what can i drop and what can i not drop and some things Mm -hmm. like even sometimes work the priority but if you've got sick children at home then you'll just have to pass it on to someone else or maybe just know that your sleep is going to be a rubber ball that you're going to drop (laughs) and sacrifice so that's really one principle that helps me to kind of keep balancing things out so some things i drop some i don't but i try to always make sure that whatever i drop is never a last goal at that point in time and in terms of the side hustles I, <laughs> I wonder which video was that side hustle queen one and how long was that because for me as well i found that it was very difficult it's it's something that i i so struggle with i the balance but i just told myself that especially earlier on when my kids were When I didn't have kids or my kids were like significantly younger and maybe I had the time. So I could be on some, oh, I'm doing a makeup client. So that was one of the things I was doing makeup for some clients. I still do, but not as much as previously because I've just got so many commitments. There's homework on the weekends. There's just a lot that the family requires from me. So I don't do as much. That's why then I enjoy the YouTube content creation because it's already just... Um, I don't have to create the content as much. It's just filming what I'm already doing. So for me, Mm. that's why that one has kind of been constant throughout as much as even then I've had some breaks. But I, yeah, for me, I'd say it has to be prioritizing and just knowing what's a glass or rubber ball. I don't know if I would still refer to myself as a side hustle queen because I just don't have as much energy as I used to for everything. Because I mm. I don't know how I did it all <laughs> at some point. I was like, I know. <laughs> I was doing so much. But now look, I'm appreciating a slower life. Hey, okay?
0: Look, you can appreciate a slower life. You're a removing it. <laughs>
1: <Concepts>. <laughs> actually, Concepts. You know what? Actually, you know, I think I was still chasing that. I was still chasing. Mm-hmm. I want to be this by 30. But once I got there and I had all my balls rolling, I know what's what's like the passive income items as well i i could i could afford to kind of take a step back and now not be as forceful or as not ambitious because i still am but i i I won't be as zealous about chasing so hard because i've reached the goal but i still got more goals like as i was saying i do want to be a high net worth client one day which means i have to have (laughs) a million dollar net worth and that's like mm-hmm. 15 mm-hmm. million in So for me, it's just, it's that. We'll see, you know what, slow down. Because sometimes you'll be starting. Startup, that's when it demands more of your time. But once yes. all your things are in motion, then
0: you just, you slow down a little bit. No, I love that. I'm inspired. <laughs> for me, it reveals. How also goals change right and and I think mm, they do. there's a season and a time for everything, and I think that had its season and and I think there's still people who who need to learn from how you did it. Some people can afford to have those side hustles, they don't have kids they don't they're not married it's like you can afford yes. to do that do it and you can you can actually get there if you'll just do it yes. no it's one. very
1: important to have more than one 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 source of income because i always think of it like a table if you look at a cocktail table it can easily tip over because it's just maybe that one leg straight leg in the middle and it's not as stable but if you look at a solid dinner table there with six six or, or four, one of these four legs, there are four legs on a table. It's just that much more stable. So how are you going to be risk having there standing with just one foot? Your nine to five mm-hmm. income and nothing else. But it's important to just be like, you know what? I'm going to have at least four legs that I'm standing on and not just one leg. I think I said foot here. Yeah. Yeah. And not just stand on one leg. So that's how I sometimes just like to imagine it. Okay, let me stand on four legs at least and not just one. And two is also better than one. So for me, mm-hmm. just, and, and think... even if it doesn't make you a lot, it still can be something that contributes to your taxi fare. Because I remember at some point, my husband was selling some perfumes and it was... Like a small margin, but it's something that helped us with some of the costs that we had around the house. So it wasn't as much as some things are. Just they seem ridiculous, but they will literally offset your specific bill. Table, I'm no longer paying for Wi-Fi because this yes. um, this income covers that. So I think it's just important to also not despise um, small beginnings or small amounts.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, I agree. I agree. It reminds me of a quote. I think it was Benjamin Franklin that says, you know, beware of small leaks because small leaks can sink a great great ship. ship. Mm. (laughs) And I think it works in reverse, right? Like even small additions can make a difference. Definitely. Um, So I think, I think that's quite true. I think you 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 spoke to this as we started this conversation about how you're analytical and you learn from other people's mistakes by observing. I think I'm the same. Sometimes I even have to catch myself to say, okay, I'm, am I am, am I being judgmental? Maybe <laughs> because I'm, <Yeah>. I'm over analyzing <laughs> other people. I'm like, girl, mm. just mind your own business. But I think I'm also the first person to call myself out. So I'm not yeah. I'm not overly sensitive with myself. Like I'll honestly look at myself and be like, Lolo, you're messing up. You know. So I, I but. True to, to, to being a wise person. I mean, I've often heard it said that, you know, a wise person learns from the mistakes of other people. And what are some money mistakes that you have made that people can learn from?
1: Okay. <laughs> so one of them was obviously um, telling my parents how much I earn. I, I, I have a money mistakes video on my YouTube channel that, my five money okay. mistakes because it built quite a lot of expectation, and it was also in the sense that we were from different cities. So for them, it was a uh, how can a child be earning so much? And for mm. me, it was a uh, my rent is so much, my electricity is so much. It's not as much as they are paying where they are. And for mm. them, they're not gonna account for that. They just think of. How can a child be earning so much? So for me, it really is or was about that as Mm -hmm. well. That was my first mistake. (laughs) My other mistake, my second money mistake was buying a car too soon and also buying a better car than Mm -hmm. I initially wanted to. When you finish your honours, your postgraduates, you immediately start work and the world is your oyster if one is offering you credit. So you're just like, Mm -hmm. ooh, So for me, there was this car that I was eyeing the whole time, but as soon Mm -hmm. as I saw how much I could afford, I then wanted a better car. (laughs) And then I got a better car. So for me, it was that in terms of, I could have then had That much more that I could have saved or that I could have had as excess monthly if I just stuck to my guns and got the car that I was thinking of instead of checking my affordability, but just saying this is what I want to work with. So that was another money mistake that I made. And I think... Another one, more recently, was sharing that I was a millionaire, <laughs> but this one—it's that's
0: different. hard, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's both. It's a. It's a. It's. It's a mistake in the sense that. But I have no regrets. It's a mistake in the sense that some people cannot phantom it. For them, it seems mm. like, oh my word, she is so rich. And if you and mm. I must just be asking, and she's so nice, oh, yeah. she's just gonna say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for me it was, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? And you just like sure, I've sure. just created the perception that I have money in a society where people don't have money, which is, like, true. So, for me, it was a matter of, mutihaibo, guys, no. I also still can't afford a lot of things. I also am worried about... increasing petrol prices i'm also worried about the interest rates we just got a new home last year it's not so new anymore because we've been here a year but the interest rates have increased so much from inception up until now so there's quite a lot but people don't look at that for them it's just that she says she's a millionaire and if, if you're a millionaire just spend a hundred rand. You already on nine, nine on nine hundred thousand, <laughs> and it's you no longer a there. So it's. For me, it's just a, I'm not there yet. I've still got so much that I want to achieve financially and otherwise. So, and also you, you want to, at some point learn, you you also want to buy yourself time. You want to retire at a comfortable age. And it's not that whatever you've accumulated is just there for the spending or there for the giving. So I think that for me was just that, thing of oh so many people don't understand or won't get the nuances of i'm a millionaire in, in on paper but yes. it's all planned for because it's for Usnigiwe who will be 50 or 40 what what and who might no longer want to be working a nine to five, but if she wants to, then hey. But I'm trying to give myself options, but now people think, oh no, let's consume, let's consume. So that's been another money mistake, but it's not something that I have regrets about because it also does inspire certain people and I'm happy to share my journey and always engage with people who do um enjoy personal finances as well. So it's
0: it's it's a bit of both. <laughs> Mm. look I admire your I admire your your humility right and I love what you've just said to say there's still a lot of things that I still can't get for myself right now I think people can't fathom what a million actually means Um, and 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 it sounds like this very big number and it is a big number and it is a great achievement but I think people can't fathom like putting it into account and imagining what they can buy with it and how quickly you can move it. Um, Definitely. So I, I admire, you know, just, just how you, you frame that and, 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 you know, have spoken it back to me. There's just so much, I, I still want to ask you, but I think to close the conversation, I would like you to give the listeners just a few words of encouragement for those that are either, in a mess financially or those that are on the way and they just need a level of encouragement? I think the whole conversation will do that. But what are some of the things that you would like to say as encouragement to those that one day want to be like you?
1: Um, I would like to say no one's race will ever be the same as yours. You, from the day you were born, you were probably alone unless you're a twin. (laughs) But either way, your (laughs) unique footprint in the world is yours and the journey that you walk is yours. So when it comes to finances, it will be totally different for me and it will be something that's totally different for you, but keep to the principles of just um, reaching towards your goals, whatever those goals are. Because I recently just saw someone um, post a video about saving, I think it was like, oh, saving 4,000 rands and someone in the comments was saying, oh that's not even my salary like crying emoji Mm. and that just gave me that oh because we really all are on our own personal journey but be faithful with the little in terms of don't deprive your future self because you feel you have little Try and be faithful with the little that you have, whether it is saving or investing or whatever it is that you can do, but do something. As long as you are in motion, anything can happen and the the world is really your oyster. And don't be discouraged just because someone else's journey is different than yours. That's why sometimes I I love to speak about personal finances, but I'm also quite aware of some of the privilege that I've had in my journey or in my story. For example, I am in the childhood accountancy profession. So already I am earning perhaps better than the average Joe. So Mm. my advice or my, um, oh, just save 30% or say 50% of your income might not be possible for someone else who's maybe earning minimum wage and it's barely enough for transport to work on a daily basis. That's why we have to trade so carefully when we speak about personal finances. So that's why I would say know that it is your own journey and walk your own journey. Because when I also maybe look at some billionaires, dollar billionaires. I'm just like, oh, how could I even be excited and sharing that I'm a millionaire? <laughs> i <I'm> a joke. <laughs> so <there's laughs> all, the, everything there is always context, but rather just focus on your own journey and not someone else, so that you can complete your journey and you can be proud of the strides that you've taken to better your life, whatever strides that they are. Whether it's getting to fifty thousand or ten thousand or a hundred thousand or a million, because maybe someone else who's been entrusted with as much as I have, maybe someone else is on 10 million. Mina, I'm busy celebrating a million. So it's very important to look at your own journey and to not be discouraged by someone else who might seem to be doing better than you.
0: Mm, I love that. I absolutely love it. I admire your humility. You know, I love you keep saying dollar millionaires. I think, you know, I'm laughing because I understand what you mean. (laughs) <laughs> but I sincerely appreciate your authenticity, and the fact that you shared, I think for me that doesn't take away anything in terms of what you've achieved because there's there's many who who still dream of that, and I think just you being relatable and you being able to come onto the show and speak to people in that way, I think it will inspire a lot of people to see that start with what you have like it's it's not it's never going to be the same template for everybody, but start. You know, and and I mean, I've certainly taken a lot from this conversation, you know, amazed by how your parents supported you in terms of what they taught you and what you saw from your mom. I think that is big goals. But I just want to say thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your insights. I've gained a lot from the conversations and I know that anybody that's listening will say exactly the same thing. So thank you so much. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it for yourself. Here are three things that I am going to take away from this conversation. Snigui mentioned that, you know, differentiate between rubber balls and glass balls. She mentioned how our parents play a role in how we deal with finances. And I think just lastly, in her closing statement, she said that it's important to walk your own journey. And no matter where you're starting from, it's important to just stay in motion apply the principles and they'll work for you as well. And so thank you so much for tuning in today. I know that you've gained some wisdom on how to win with money. It's my hope that you do not just listen, but you look at your own finances and see how you can apply some principles. What matters is that you start today. A disclaimer for all the listeners, this podcast does not constitute as financial advice, but it is mainly for educational purposes. And so I recommend that you get yourself a financial advisor. So, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and follow me on my social media accounts at wisdomforwealth underscore. And my personal account is at Lilo Mashatile. Thank you so much for tuning in today. From me, your host, it's bye bye.